Greetings and welcome to another exciting episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. We are here. We didn't expect to be here, but we are here because last night some incredible stuff happened. Some a, a surprising announcement from Disney that kind of took us all off guard. And that is the announcement that Bob Chapek is stepping down as CEO of Disney and is immediately replaced by Bob Iger, the former CEO of Disney. It's such a headline, guys, that when we, I think at first you're like, is today April 1st? Because I don't believe this. I sent mm. you guys a link from Twitter, and I think both of you did not believe it the first, when you, be honest, when you first that's saw true. the text thread, you're like, that's not real. You all think that? Well, it was that we got the whole statement too, not just that Bob Chapek steps down, but you sent me a link saying Bob Chap that Iger's coming in, and it all sounded like, uh, "Are you sure this is real?" Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. And it's like, what time was it? It was Sunday night at like nine o'clock. It's like, who makes a, a huge statement like that? It's like, there's no way. I think the whole world's a little confused right now at the situation. I went back and looked, and I think even a, a couple hours earlier, there were already some people doing some live streams talking about it. So I'm not sure exactly when it broke, but I guess a, a, a communication went out to Disney employees from Bob Iger, and that's you know where all this takes off from. According to CNBC this morning, um, the deal he Iger was approached on Friday about this. And they oh, wow. sealed the deal Sunday. They signed the contract Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Wow. Okay. Um, which is is wild. And and let me ask you this: How we don't know the details yet, but you think he got a lot of money? Uh, everybody kept, according to a lot of the, the sources that I watched, that must be it because everybody kept saying, "Why would he? Why would? Well, why would he? I mean, I think there's some other things he might want besides money." I think but I'll having, bet. I mean, think about that. The best negotiating position you can possibly be in is when the board of directors comes crawling back to you saying, I need you to be CEO now. Right. Well, and yeah, I, wow, yeah. somebody said, I heard one, one commentator say that, you know, they get, it's a win-win for them though. If they can, they can have one step down and the person that they bring in, they think it's going to raise the stock price just by who they bring in. So uh, there are a lot of, it's crazy. It's crazy how much Bob paid check, Chapek. Sorry, that paycheck. was a I didn't yeah. say it. I <laughs> wasn't even trying to be funny. Too. I wasn't <laughs> even trying to be funny. That was just, that's from hearing that word too much. Uh, but the, the, so the paycheck that he's going to get to step down is is probably, I, think, I heard somebody say $50 million. I thought I'd it, take I thought $50 he was million getting, not to work. Yeah, pretty amazing. And, and probably well, will yeah. still go somewhere and work. You know, that's the, Yeah. <laughs> That's the great. Will, and like, and say, honestly, again, how much how much does Iger need? I mean, one of the wealthiest men probably in the country. So, but it is, it is the the world we live in. It's, it's the last twenty four hours. I think can be described very very succinctly as that's wild, and not in the acronym sense, <laughs> in the literal sense of the word wild. Yeah. In our wildest dreams, did we think something like this would happen? We, you know, there's been rumblings of maybe Iger could come back, and it's always almost felt like. Um, well, maybe Santa Claus is real or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it just happens. Yeah. It's, is it's it? pretty crazy. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> if you, oh, this is a family show. I should probably like uh, warn parents, <laughs> but he, yeah, he is totally. I mean, Iger came back and yeah. Santa's real. That's what we know from this. 
Well, yeah. and you know, they, it's just so funny too. It's so funny because there's so many comments out there and you read so many news articles of Iger said this and you talk about motives and, you know, I've read some articles saying that Iger was disappointed and wish he didn't step down. And it's like, well, it's hard to know what to believe. We just have to hope maybe in the next 10 years we'll get another Imagineering uh, episode and it will be explaining 2020 and that whole phase of how Disney, what was going on behind the doors. Because it's just so hard to know what's really going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do agree. think, so let, let me ask you, so what, what do you think is going on? Just based on what you've read and what you've seen, um, what do you think is going on here? What, what, what was the trigger that made this, made this thing happen where they would so abruptly and distinctly, let's remember like in June, we talked about how they extended their contract, his Chapex contract for three years, right. which was at least publicly a vote of confidence over the mm-hmm. summer. That was just a few months ago. And now well, when that happened, when that happened, there were people who said they could still let him go with within a year and just give him that money. But they, I heard in people saying back then that that was all about stock. That they've got to show, they've got to show support to keep the stock price up. So who knows? Who knows? That's a so uh, yeah. But I don't want to. I want to ask you specifically, David. Are you so just real quick? We're commenting on it, but are you happy about this? Is this a big? This is big news. I've been. I mean. We've been we've been critical of Chapek. You probably the most. Are you are you think this is actually awesome. this actually is a good I find it all kind of I actually find it kind of sad. I make, but I I did enjoy watching every. I saw people crying with joy <laughs> and dancing in TikToks and video and Instagram things last night. So it was kind of a a weird thing. Uh, I heard people singing like "Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead" and stuff like that, and it's like. You know, I don't know about that. I actually felt like I was pretty objective. We when this when this podcast started, he was coming into this role. And we had a lot of discussions of why him and we talked about Kevin Mayer and, and Braggs and all these other people who had been heir apparents that kind of one by one were gone and here he is. And so, you know, my stance back then was well, if Iger would put him in place, he must know. You know, I mean, he has a he has a legacy to protect, and this is the guy he's putting in behind him. So surely, surely he knows that this is the right man for the job, and uh, that's that is one thing I go. You know, there have been a lot of comments about people saying, "Well, you know, Bob Chapek inherited a lot of debt, and Bob Chapek inherited a lot of problems that you know were left." So maybe, maybe this is a chance for him to come back in and go. Well, it would have been a problem if I had been here because these are the things I would have done to keep this from happening. So maybe that, I mean, that was the only other motivation I could see was, you know, to kind of clear your name on the things that you would like to fix that have fallen down that you started. I mean, he did start some of those things, but who knows? Who knows? It's a, but are you having interesting time? I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think it's not a happy, I think that okay. I, I agree that my, there were a lot of things you said. Why? I think that the the two, the uh, twelve days ago or whenever when Kramer on CNBC said he has to go, I feel like that must have been a final straw in a lot of things. That was a pretty bold statement. That was really. But we've had the financial side. We've had the the, the earnings report. We've had the the communication problems with the with the with the, the government in Florida. We've had communication problems with Hollywood. 
on his on his part. So uh, it was it was seemed like just a matter of time. I, I was getting a little tired of hearing. Bob, oh no, Bob! Now what has Bob Chapek said? And so uh, it seemed like. Ugh, and even a few weeks ago, I heard somebody make the comment. I can't. I, I wish I could remember where I heard it, but somebody said, "What? What if they just moved him to another position and brought back, brought back Bob Iger?" And, and somebody was like, "Oh, that'll you know, they'll never get Bob Iger back." And so that was interesting. And even somebody even interviewed. I saw on again on the news. This I think it was this might have been CNBC where they interviewed him of Bob Iger just a while back. And the, he said they uh, they they mentioned that comment like there are people that think you're coming back. And he was like, "What would I come back to? You know what what would I be doing?" And he goes, "I gave up my office. I gave up my email. I gave up my name tag. What would I do?" And here he is. He's back. <laughs> so yeah, I think that overall, was I'm December twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was December twenty twenty one, almost a year yeah. ago. And the, well, the, the other, I think your 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 point about his um, Chapex communication skills might be the biggest, his biggest um, weakness as a CEO, as a leader. And and right. we talked about this too at the D twenty three weekend, where he did the CNBC interview there, the multi day interview with David Faber, and 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 then he gave the speech at D twenty three. And I think we commented on that, like, man, he's just like not great in front of a camera. He didn't inspire confidence or or just he, or he doesn't inspire. It. How about that? He doesn't inspire. Yeah, and that's you know, everybody with with older CEOs like Michael Eisner and Bob Iger, you have a you just have more charisma, you've got more uh something there that uh you we lost. And I was thinking about it a lot that one of the things that I really liked about Michael Eisner was that he had a strong connection to Disney nostalgia and he could make you feel like he loved it as much as you did. In fact, he had high regards for Imagineering. There were interviews where he said, you know, animation is, is crazy expensive. It doesn't make sense, but we have to do it. This is our DNA. We have to keep going. We have to, this is what we're founded on. This is what, all those things he would say. And, over the past 20 years, that has steadily seemed to kind of go down. I'm always a little nervous. The 50th anniversary celebration made me nervous because Walt really was missing. And in, in any organization that kind of either chooses to forget its past or won't celebrate its past, it's you You kind of can go, now, is, this, is there something wrong here? Which Walt has... You know, there's, we don't know those skeletons in his closet. So is it like we don't want to bring up other leadership because we want all the attention on us? That always makes me nervous with leaders when they won't, when they will not give credit to leaders before them. It's just suspicious. And so that makes me wonder a lot of things too. It's like, I think, I think in that we, you lose nostalgia when you don't do that, when you won't, when you won't honor your traditions and your, your heritage it starts looking really pessimistic. It's like, yeah. oh, this doesn't feel like the same company. Why, why I go to, I go to Disney expo and it just, it doesn't feel the same. Things feel highly monetized. Everything feels monetized. He's monetized everything. There's a monetization to part. I mean, parking and, and, and prices, not just prices going up, but you're paying for all the, you have to pay for every little thing. And you're just, that that's a that's a drain on people and i think that 
you combine all those things together. And I think those are the, those are the reasons people were so uh, put off by him because they were just, it was everywhere you turned. It was like, there's, there's not a, well, he's doing this. I mean, the people, and I even saw people really trying and saying, he, well, he's done this, he's done that, but there, there, it was hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the thing is that Bob Iger, he comes across just like, uh, he's so perfect in a lot of ways. He is, a, he is a lot like a politician. I don't think he's, I don't think he's, he is, a, he's a statesman, uh, way more than than Bob Chapek's gifts. That's just not his gifts. But uh, but he's also he doesn't he's very opinionated. He's not like the guy that's playing both sides. He his political views are are very apparent. But you know he feels at the same time like a a creative straight shooter. Even though he'll say that the parks weren't his side. I mean he comes from the movies and the entertainment industry, but. He uh, he just seemed people just seemed to really like him, and people were saying, "Oh, we get cardigans again, you know. Here comes, you know, welcome back cardigans." So it's just a different, different vibe. And uh, but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, the other thing that was so amazing was to watch not just the the giddiness of so many vloggers and people. Again, I saw tears. Uh, people were saying, "We've prayed for this for so long." And yeah. it's like, okay. And then, um, uh, but then the comments from so many of the people watching all the live streams and people saying, is that, does this mean that Carousel of Progress will get fixed? And does this mean that Splash Mountain won't be rethemed? And it's like, uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think you're going to see, uh, but we'll see. I, I think if I were, a, a, if I were a, the CEO coming in and I wanted to, uh, fix the attitude problem, which is what's there. There's there's an attitude problem. There's a a we'll do what we want to do, and you'll like it. I think that I would go. I'm gonna I'm gonna give. I'm gonna throw the 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 fans something like they kind of did when they it, the one things we got at D23 where we're gonna give you happily ever after back. If I were him, I would say. I'd get rid of the reservation system. That would be my number one. Just let that go. Mm. And I don't think nice. I, Genie Plus was was already there. I think back when Iger, that was already in the works. But I think just doing something with the reg, reservation system, one little thing, could be good. But we'll see. I, you know, other than that, I think there's this idea that we we just did our last podcast was on the movies. We didn't we didn't we didn't have a lot of these my favorites of this past year, 22. We, we said some things we met our expectations, but we didn't go out saying one of the best things I've ever seen. And so there's hope that, you know, we get somebody back in that can kind of steer, uh, you know, when, when, when movie opinions are down and parks opinions are down and public um, opinion of just the, the business is down you know, it the, really up is the only way I think you can go. So if he'll just do That's a true. few things, uh, I, I still don't know who they'll get to replace him in two years. That's going to be interesting to see because several people that uh, look more, uh, that look very qualified have all left. Josh DeMauro, who's there now, a lot of people are like, this is the guy, but he's not had movie experience. And I don't, I 
I don't think that's ever been a precedent where a parks guy has been over it all. Maybe that would be good. Um, he's a very, he's also seems to be a very good publicity person. So maybe he would be good at that, but they usually pull somebody from movies. Uh, it seems like the way they well, want to go. I, but I just, I, well, I have to agree with Walt Disney world news today. It looks like nobody else from merchandising. Let's not nobody from that products side. Again, let's stick with well, either creatives or watching the coverage. From, and even even back before D23, where they were interviewing JPEG, Disney is viewed as a media company, plain and simple. It's all about the only thing, 90% of what they talk about in terms of what Disney is has to do with its acquisitions of, of intellectual property, its studio, its traditional mm-hmm. like um, television um, partnerships with ABC and ESPN, and then its streaming content, and then its movies. Um, and product development there, right? Right. Um, it almost I net you never hear anybody talk about parks on 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 the business side ever. I, I agree. I, that, and it, that, and like, when I saw it in the news last night, I told you that before we started that you know I heard way more about the uh, the 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 Repub- uh, the problems with Republican uh, Governor Ron DeSantis than I did about anything else in the news. That was like, was this? Are they saying this is the reason he was let go this late? That was what they brought up a lot. They didn't bring up the parks. No one brought up the parks on the news side. I didn't hear that at all. Interesting. Well, I did. JD, but I, I wanted- did hear that on the fan on the fan sites. Everybody's talking about parks. It's all about parks. Well, th- yeah. let me ask you this. Just, I, I want to get J. Let me. I'll do this in a second. I got a f- bunch of questions for y'all. But JD, I want to know: Are you happy today? Are you? You think this is a great announcement? Like, as a Disney, you know, season pass holder. You know, I I would say I'm definitely happy, and I know we kind of want to dance around, like, you know, because like you were saying, Dad, it's a lot of people think that oh, we got a new leader, everything we don't like is going to be gone and everything's going to be great again. And, you know, the parks are going to be free because Bob Iger's back. And, you know, and that I don't think that's going to be how it is. And that's what I'm a little fearful of. Or people are going to think that everything Bob Chapek did when he was in uh, his role is going to be erased, um, which I it's definitely not going to be like that. Um, but, you know, the more and more we talk about it, I'm really thinking, well, what is the role of a CEO? You know, what does a CEO like do? Um, and it's it's really like you're the face of the company. And why charisma might seem like such like a, oh, it's good to have a charismatic leader, a optimistic and, and visionary leader. Well, then you look at the Disney company and you're like, wow, that is why it's so impactful to have someone who wants to think towards the future and doesn't want to look at crunching numbers when you have someone like Bob Iger who's like, okay, can we buy Marvel? And then could we do parks in Europe and in Asia? Why that kind of leader is going to be so impactful for the company because the whole rest of the industry is going to be looking at that and every employee is going to be looking at that and it's going to reflect how they do their work. When you have someone like Bob Chapek, um, who, you know, we it'd be interesting to see how many out of our podcasts that we've just mentioned him because <laughs> it just seemed like it seemed like a lot of the negative stuff was kind of like is this the Bob Chapek effect not maybe not directly from him but maybe an inadvertent effect of his leadership and the effect right. that it has on the team 
um, which in this case, the team is the whole company because you're the chief executive officer. Um, so I'm very happy, you know, I don't really necessarily care about every policy, but as just a fan of the company, um, and someone who goes to the parks often, if it just makes it feel like a happier place, which I I think 100% it will just from the, the response we've already gotten, there's a lot of optimism and excitement about the future that we haven't felt from Disney in the past. Everything future related with Disney, uh, previously this year, it's kind of just felt like, well, if they do something great, it's going to surprise me because everything else, you know, has just been kind of a letdown. Now it's finally like, okay, you know, Bob Iger, you know, he's a visionary. He he wants it to be great. He's not thinking about every price. He, that's been a lot of his biggest statements of the Walt Disney Company is not a company that you can measure statistically and with data. Um, which my my favorite thing to always kind of talk about is. If I go to a restaurant and I get a cheeseburger and it's really good, I'm probably going to go back and eat the cheeseburger again and buy it again. But if I go and they say it's a dollar for lettuce, tomato, onions, ketchup, mustard, and it's really good, I probably won't go again because I'm going to feel this icky feeling of, oh, do I do I want bacon? Oh, it's going to be an extra $2. And it's like it's this icky feeling that we've been getting at the parks uh, with Disney Plus a little bit, um, that I think we, again, we kind of switching the subject back to motives on, on taking Bob Chapek out. Um, we, we actually talked about on our, last, on our last podcast how Disney Plus has been Bob Chapek's baby, and the, the, the big executive board seemed like the only ones who were defending Bob Chapek because they're like, look, look what he's doing with Disney Plus. And now that the stock price is further down than it's been, and Disney Plus is failing and losing money more than it has, I think that was kind of like the, all right, buddy, we've been trying to defend you. Everyone, All of our customers don't really like you. We're going to have to switch this up. Yeah. But that's kind of all of my thoughts. Yeah. It seems like, and I, I like that summation very well, because it almost feels like Disney's board and the stock price is a reflection of public sentiment even more so than mm-hmm. it is the numbers. And let's note, no, yeah. the last quarter, the numbers were bad across the board. Mm-hmm. And the economy's not weak yet. It's weakening and is probably going to get weaker. Um, right. All of yeah. that together means we get this dramatic shift in course from the Disney uh, board. And, and, and bringing back Bob Iger is, is like, it's a home run in public sentiment, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. I have some, yeah. we'll talk here in a minute about, I, I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure it's it's like gonna work, but it it absolutely is is the perfect move for public sentiment. You get the guy who was yeah. the golden child who was he's responsible for Disney Plus, even though Chapek got to oversee its kind of unveiling and launch. Um, Iger very much was, you know, his people were developing that. The guy who was I forget his name, David. You may know it. The guy who was the chief of Disney Plus and getting that to launch was the dude who people thought would be the CEO, right? Was that Kevin Bragg or was that Kevin I think who left for TikTok, the guy who went to TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, Yeah, I can't remember his name. I think it was Kevin. Yeah, so, and again, forgive me for not knowing his name, but there were just a lot of things that happened right there. And and I think you're right. I think Disney needed a public relations win. They needed to reassure fans. They needed a public sentiment to come back on their side. The stock price is up like 8% today just on this news. Um... I do have my personal thought is this is kind of temporary. 
and it'll die down because I think um, Iger is walking into some headwinds that are um, that um, that aren't unique to Disney. It's it's everybody's going to have to deal with this. Um, I do think there were some unique things for Chapek had to under. Um, the last three years have been unique and challenging for a lot of reasons, and I don't think a lot of this is Chapek's fault. I just it, my personal take is like he just was the wrong guy at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, he was a terrible communicator. And I do agree with you, David, that there was a little bit, the Disney, uh, any culture, any organization reflects the the personality of their leader, right? Publicly. Mm-hmm. And the whole, the arrogance, the um, the bit of well, this is how we're going to do it, whether they like it or not. The, it, it's the old Ford, the kind of the Ford Motor Company. Uh, do you have mm-hmm. this car in any other colors? Um, well, we have black, you know, and, and we have black, you, those are your choices and you're going to like it. You know, we have this in yeah. black, that's what you get. And because there's no other, and I think Disney had, it had felt like anyway, to me, and we've talked about it on this podcast and there's other Disney fans as well. That feels like we've been nickeled and dimed. We've been kind of run through the, taken advantage of disregarded, almost not mocked, but in a way just sort of like looked down at like our opinions don't matter. Um, and, and I do think we shouldn't be arrogant either. Think that we get to dictate things, but we're the consumers. We're the people that have a podcast and spend an hour or two a week and more than that editing to put this out, to talk about their dang company. And I mean that with an endearment, you know what I'm saying? We have a podcast called while of Disney and there are a thousand other podcasts too of, of YouTubers and bloggers and all sorts of people whose lives revolve around this company and this, these ideals and this, like this magic, right? And right. so to feel like it's it's slipping away is a big deal. And that absolutely, it, I think Chapek bears a lot of responsibility for that. It's, yes, a, it's and messaging have, and it's, and it, it's um, um, public sentiment, right? Right, right. And the nickel and diming just wasn't the parks. It was like, okay, we've all, we've all subscribed to Disney Plus. Oh, but to watch Mulan, we're going to have to pay $30. I mean, there was even more. It was like, constantly all those little things i think added up in people's uh perception it was just constant like they want more they want more they want and and then it started being they want more for less but one of the things i want to point out again when i said about the the nostalgia of the company was not just the some of it was the the uncle walt i mean people thought of walt disney as uncle walt and then Iger kind of stepped into that but i mean disney was a uh, he was so innovative. Like when they said, you can't make animated movies a feature length, he said, watch, we can. And then when they said, oh, you don't want to go into television, television is going to be the ruin, ruin of motion pictures. And, and he did it anyway. And then that built the parks. It was just constantly uh, doing things that people said you really couldn't do. And I think that Eisner did, you know, again, keeping some of those things going, building parks that people didn't think, could happen even if they made mistakes and they had to come back and fix them they were pushing and i saw an interview with um Iger, and he was talking about some of the innovative things he had done that i really forgot just about with apple and how uh when when the 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 first video ipod came out that he they put gray's anatomy and uh, several other ABC shows on there, and people were like, "You, that's gonna, you're, you're making a huge mistake." And he was like, "No, we've got to go with the technology. We can't. We've got to be partners with the technology, or it will, you know, it'll roll over you." And so I think doing that, pushing into pushing parks into 
all corners of the world. I think a lot of things like that have been very innovative. And 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 I, the commentator, the the reporter that was interviewing him the other day that I saw the interview it was probably a couple of, a couple of months ago pointed out some mistakes and he said yes he said we did invest in this and this failed and but he said they weren't huge investments we just we did invest in things that did fail and he admits there are some things that didn't go well but he had a lot of there a lot of things that he did that you know are gonna pay for the company well for years and years and years to come so that's that's the kind of thing is we, we everybody wants to see a leader that gives you that feeling of we're going to do the unimaginable and you and, know, and disney especially yeah. especially and, disney and no, yeah that was what was starting to feel in this environment like he's just he just can't communicate a creative uh, vision and i and somebody i also somebody say he'll be a great ceo in a company that is not creative. They make something, they build something, they run something, but it's not a creative business built, built on nostalgia and feelings and right. creativity. It's, and that's where he like needs the, to be. The baseline is uh, you got to understand who your customers are, you know, right. and, and he just didn't. Um, and that was the, you know, that was the thing about, again, Michael Eisner, all these guys are so wealthy. I mean, and um, Disney Although the pricing right now, you would think it was an upper class or upper middle class uh, product. It's really historically been marketed just to the middle class of people. I mean, and it's you know, it's not the resort. If you're ultra ultra rich, you're not you're not necessarily hanging out at Disney. You're going to places that are secluded. That you're by. You've got islands. You've got you've got places in Europe on the Riviera, and so. Uh, but you know the, the thing was that somehow with uh, Michael Eisner, you always kind of felt like he did hang out in the park. Like he really he got a lot of joy. And I've heard they, they say he lo- he loved like Walt to go to Imagineering and just hang out and go, "What are y'all doing? Let me t- t- you know." And that's you know that's the kind of things that you think well, that's kind of cool. And you know I've, the visions of Iger, you know when they're do- working on Galaxy's Edge and he's going, "I don't think that looks like enough trees there." You just want to see somebody that's engaged. And I don't think we ever got to see in this short run, you know, Bob Chapek do anything like that. We we just didn't see it. And I don't know that we would have because he just doesn't seem like, yes, I know he has reiterated more than once that he went to Disney with his family. Uh, but that's, you know, I, I don't see him being that guy that can go sh- walk around the park shooting videos and make you think like, this is Uncle Bob. You're just not going to get that vibe. And I think people want that to agree. They want a guy that's a leader that communicates what they feel back to them. You know, like, I'm with you. I know what you feel, and I'm I'm totally on board. I get it. And I think that and, and that not just Chapek, under Chapek, we've, we've had other CEOs, other, not CEOs, but other Disney leaders who've stuck their foot in their mouth in places. And, it, it kind of it kind of it kind of spread out from from the top, so I'd like to see a lot of that stop. I don't want to hear, uh, I don't want to hear all that information. I think they need to they need to be a better administrator of their narrative. Yeah, I agree. I think I think we've kind of honed in on I, I believe what probably the biggest problem with Chapek is. Um, and why he just was the wrong man for the wrong job at this company in particular at this point in time. Uh, Because I I wrote some notes here before we got on 
about mm-hmm. the unique challenges that Chapek faced that actually, if you look at, let's say you're Bob Iger, right? You step down the month before a global pandemic hits. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. You want, you get to sit back on your yacht. You're still on the board for a little while, but just basically get to sit back while, okay, let me, let me, let me throw this out there. Conspiracy theorist. While this guy, Chapek goes and implements this park reservation system and implements all these unpopular things that people hate. Right. And then he gets to step back in. You said maybe the park reservation system goes away. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe Chapek get, maybe got to do all, all the unpopular stuff and, and Iger is sitting there waiting for it all to implode to get to come back in and ride the white horse and, you know, and move it on from here. It's not on him. Well, there right? are people that think that. I definitely saw uh, people communicate that last night that none of these things will go away, but we'll get a sense of creative moving forward. But that financially, don't expect any of this, this these burdens to go away. But we'll have, you know, more likely a chance that he'll go. Yeah, uh, Epic Universe is coming. Let's build a villains part. That would be a Bob Chapek type, not a Bob Iger type move to right. go. We've got to. We've got to move forward. We can't. We can't not move forward. It's so interesting because I, I got here the note. The, the main challenge was the pandemic. I mean, dadgum! Not only did they close the parks and have to deal with that loss of revenue and all the things that came, but they at first remember they did not lay off workers, right? But it still led to the, the challenge of the pandemic, as we all learned, is some of the largest employee employment you know shortfalls. It just it's really the labor market is terrible. And they can't find mm-hmm. enough people to, to employ at the parks. Um, so that's a unique challenge for every business, but especially now in this time, that's right. It's completely unique. You have an inflationary environment where um, you know inflation's double digits and prices are going up. There's supply chain issues and and all sorts of things like that. You have um, the streaming business, which I, you know it, this they get into the streaming business. And you remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, we're like brilliant. You know, everybody's home. This is couldn't be more perfect timing. And at the time, it was. Netflix goes to you know five hundred dollars a share. Um, all of the streaming, Hulu um, and Disney Plus, and all you know, Disney owns thirty percent of Hulu. And you have Roku and all the Apple and everything that's a touch of streaming. Now with the pandemic, you have companies like Zoom. You know, going ten x on their stock price. And right mm-hmm. in the middle of the pandemic, they look like geniuses. And then the people start the pandemic subsides. People start watching less streaming. Um, all these streaming, the challenges of streaming businesses now start to um, unfold, like um, subscriber churn. How do you get more subscribers and how do you keep them from shutting off when they're done watching their show and jump into this one? There's that challenge. Disney actually probably is the best suited of all of them in that regard. But then you have to have all this unique content that costs, right. I think they spent $16 billion on direct-to-consumer content and and so Disney Plus is losing money. And now right. that's the narrative too with all of the stock prices. It's not just Disney, it's Netflix, it's everybody that's down way, way more than their than their counterparts that aren't tech that driven in that that department. So now you have this kind of this resettling, this reshuffling of the deck that now Iger is gonna move into and have to figure out, hey, this isn't this isn't easy. 
This isn't, you're not going into a, a, a less challenging environment. Some would argue it might be more challenging moving forward. Um, Cause you got the stock price now or reset to five years ago. You're reset to the bottom of the pandemic. You still have Disney plus, you still have all these properties. You still have all these assets, but what are you going to do now? What are shareholders looking for? Um, and, and how is Disney looked at in the future moving forward? Um, the Netflix multiple is, I don't know, what is Disney? Like, um, is it Netflix? Is it Comcast? Is it Warner? Is it something else altogether? Is it Apple? Is it a tech company? I, I don't know. And I think that's right. the question investors are asking. And I know that's not as important to us as fans, but it does impact like the future of the company in terms of what they're going to invest in. Um, right. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just, it's so funny too, to add to that of our economy is in such a funny spot where if you talk to anybody, everybody knows we're on the, the tip of a recession and the economy slowing down. But then you don't see a lot of that really acknowledgement in purchasing prices and things like that. Like you go to, you go out, you go to restaurants, everything's still full, movies, still lines, things like that. Um, so in the same way, com- these big companies are doing the same thing where they're like, oh, we're, we're trying to get prepared, but also when is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Should, you know, inflation price, you know, just so many things of it's just is all unpredictable. Um, but it's just such a funny, funny place to be um, in the economy right now. You know? Yeah. So, so funny. The note for it was pandemic. You have the emergence of streaming as a business, which is unproven, by the way. This is all brand new, whether it from music to video to movies, whatever it is. The streaming model is completely new. We're learning how that works, right? From Amazon, every company has their toe in it. To the economy, as you just said, to a political environment that's more polarized than ever. And I think this is another thing that Chapek was uniquely... Um, uniquely ill-suited for with his terrible communication skills. I think we all can agree. It's pretty, pretty objectively that he navigated the political landscape in Florida pretty poorly. You would, you would say as a leader, you, 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 the last thing you want to do is be wishy-washy and not um, take a step. You have to, it's so hard to navigate and he didn't, he didn't pass that. But I think too, the the thing I'll, I'll mention is I think we, underestimate the backlash and the retribution of people these days people get angry pretty quick and they want somebody to punish and and disney has a unique it's a unique time and and um to make people kind of overlook um things you got to give yeah it's this game of i guess it's kind of like a a sleight of hand in a way if 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 you're going to do something that's going to upset a lot of people, you better have something over here shiny to keep their attention, right? And, and, and Chapek failed miserably at that. And maybe Iger's going to be better at that. But let's acknowledge that um, the headwinds are strong and the environment is not um, better for those things. If anything, it's, it's just as challenging, if not worse. And, mm-hmm. I, I, and I do think Iger's gift set is gifted in those skill sets that actually um, are more suited to navigating those waters. But I don't think it's smooth sailing. And I had a, I told you guys before you come on, I have a slightly, a slightly contrary. I, I'm a little, um, um, I think this is good, but I don't think this is a slam dunk in terms of the business. I don't think we're going to get all the things we want um, necessarily. 
because it is driven by quarters and profitability and meeting shareholder expectations. And they have to do that. They have to do that. So the nickel and diming, (laughs) is that just, you know, to make us all happy? Are they going to like all of a sudden lower parking fees or get rid of Genie Plus (laughs) or get rid of part reservations and make their labor costs go up? I don't, that's not a given. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing, I mean, another important, important thing to remember is like stock price isn't just a reflection on, you know, revenue and things like that. It's a reflection on confidence in the company. So if somehow lessening the nickel and diming boosts morale enough to boost confidence in the company, like, okay, we're back to innovation. We're back to thinking of things that haven't been thought of yet. Um, you know, that can boost statistics and things more so than other, other data, you know? Yeah. I also, the thing that goes through my mind uh, thinking about the next two years is you go, what leader wants to have another leader come in for two years and kind of groom you to, I always wondered like, how did that really work with Iger and Chapek? Did they, did, did that work well? You know, did it, cause there've, there've been a lot of comments that, you know, Iger has said things about Chapek over the past two or three years. The only thing I've heard him say negative was how he handled the Florida situation, but I've, I, I, but from the comments, I think he must have made other comments that I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. And I just haven't seen all of those. But I and wonder, the only- like, how do you, what, who do you go find that you can, that goes, yes, yes, Mr. Iger, show me how to do it. So I'm ready to go in two years and not, there not be resentment. Cause those are, those are big players. I mean, Chapek's been, been with a company 25 plus years already and you're going I don't want you telling me what to do you know I want to do this I want to try I, I think you're wrong I want to go this way so uh, it'll be I, I you know there's a there's a like uh Bob Iger 71 years old Chapek I think is 62 but you know Josh Tamar is 51 years old so maybe there is a much more you know, I'm willing to do what I'm willing to grow and do it the way you do it. Um, you know, we'll see. I think that was an interesting thing though, when they kept saying that he's gonna, he's gonna kind of groom the next guy. And it's like, ugh, who even likes that word? <laughs> who even likes that? Uh, you know, what, who are they going to find that falls into that? You know, me, I'm ready to go. <laughs> right. Josh tomorrow yeah. does seem like the kind of person that would do that. Yeah. And I do think that, uh, he is so, I mean, he, I've watched him for two, the past two Disney, the Disney Expo and the uh, Disney Destination D back in the fall where he had to really get up there and positively try to spin nothing that was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, he is a good, he is a good uh, communicator. So maybe, yeah. maybe somebody like that would be really strong. But I do, I do wonder sometimes why that, they couldn't go back to an, uh, a, mo- uh, uh, a system like they had with B- Michael Eisner and Frank Wells, where they said, we're going to have a chief executive officer and we're going to have a chief creative officer and you're going to work together. And one's going to push creatively and one's going to push, uh, you know, on an executive financial level, but you've got to make it work together and you're both equal and go do it, you know, and then we'd get, we'd get a sense of both of those things, but. That's probably nothing like the real world, but I'd love to see well, something like that. Well, with a champion on both record, sides. 
we do know that he's no stranger to uh, or not shy about making big deals, making big moves, right? Um, the acquiring Marvel and Star Wars and and Pixar and and building Fox in China, to, building in China. There, there is. Um, he's done some uh, bold things. So I think just that by itself, I think that makes Disney fans excited, right? What's the next bold thing he might do? Of course, he's got two years, and there's no, there's no. We're not just saying like in two years it's absolutely over. I mean that could be extended to five. You know, it. To, yeah, I know he's older, but it could. Right, um, we'll see. But uh, I, I'm not convinced it's only two years either, David. I, I like, unless they have the person like they know who it's going to be. I, two years is that's pretty quick, you know, to have mm-hmm. somebody ready. Unless he can bring people back. Like I, I keep hearing they've lost a lot of people, a lot of key creative talent. Um, maybe he brings some people that were there back and maybe some of those people are, are, are back involved. Um, I don't know, but we shall see. I saw that. I saw uh, the, the New York uh, post uh, had an article a while ago that just a while ago that said Disney stock soars after Bob Iger replaces tape. Have you seen all that? Has, has that really happened? Yeah, it was up 10, it was almost 10% uh, earlier in the day. It's pulled back a little bit, but the whole market's weak. I'm watching it right now. I'm waiting, look and see. At the very moment, um, what it is, but it's pulled back a little bit because I think people, as they talk about this, they're like, it's up five percent now. So the daily high was almost a hundred; it touched a hundred again. Now it's back at ninety six. Um, you know, so very, very volatile today. But I think, I think generally, like if if you were down on Disney a week ago after their earnings call and saying they don't really have a plan, I'm not sure about this. I think this is actually. I think it's good news. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you you shore up the leadership. You you have a proven leader who has a track record, and you get rid of the guy who messed up the earnings call and doesn't seem to have a clue. At least, right? I, I don't think that's necessarily fair, but it, it perceptions, right? Yeah. Um, so I think this generally will help help Disney uh, public perception of Disney as a company that they're in good hands and move in the right direction. I have to say that when you, you said something about ha- was I happy, and again, I was like, well, it's, 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 so, it's, it's just really interesting to watch, but I am more hopeful. And I, I, had, I, realized, I had a memory, I, was, I remembered thinking not too long ago in one of our podcasts as we were talking, like, man, I could, I, in my lifetime, I might not see anything happen at the parks like what if what if chapek stays at the park for another 25 years i might not see you know well I mean, that would be hard when he's 60 but <laughs> but again you say how long will it take for me to see another another park open or another major land open can that even happen in the next 20 years um, right and so uh yeah so well, I'm more hopeful. And I was like, hey, maybe I will get to see another big, you know, something besides an, an, an overlay or, a, a, you know, a, an attraction changing its theme. But maybe I'll get to see something big. Because that buys you goodwill. <laughs> I think with Disney fans and, yeah. and consumers, like the big stuff makes us less um, notice the little stuff that is. And, and what it seemed like the last three years is just a drip, drip, drip of, of negative, right? It's park right. reservations. It's hassle. And then contrast it. I know we say this a lot, but contrast it with Universal, who 
is building new parks. They're boldly going, they're making it cheaper. And there's running a promotion right now. If you go for two days, you get two days free. I mean, that seems to, to me to be like, yeah. we're going after, we're heading headlong in. We know the economy's weakening. We're taking those people. And to be perfectly honest, like a guy like me, I want to bring my family to Disney. I do. I do. But when I look at what it costs and then Universal's over here, hey, check this out. It's going to, you can come over here. You'll have more fun, less hassle for half the price. Well, and I'm you like, know, on the, on the Disney dish, you know, we, at other podcasts that we, we both listen we to. We love those that, guys. Uh, yeah. They, uh, they, they, they talked about a survey that went out recently that Disney's sending out these surveys going, if you chose to go to, basically, if you, did you choose to go to another park besides ours and why? I mean, they're trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to strategically come back and market in that environment. But uh, I do think Universal has run uh, just like we're going for it. And, uh, yeah. and so uh, they, I'll be perfectly Disney honest. Stalled. I just as a I I love love Disney. Grew up in Central Florida. You know, everybody who's listened to the podcast knows my affinity. It's why I do a podcast called Why I Love Disney. I haven't been to the parks in almost 10 years. So I'm itching to go back. I want to ride right. Cosmic Rewind. I want to do some of the stuff I haven't seen. I want to, I want to experience. I've never been to Galaxy's Edge, right? I right. want to do that. But had I done it, right? Had I been recently and, and spent a week and if to be perfectly honest, like, man, Universal is a really good option. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's right. flipping awesome. And well, um, I think that it is. And, and it's I think way more of a value. You know right. You're a great more. example. You're a great example of that. You've got four kids. Uh, I mean, even uh, if you've got three kids, like we, like I do, about four, I mean, th just staying in a hotel, The uh, it's so, Disney doesn't have a lot of great, uh, I don't know if even Universal does, but it's very hard to find uh, lodging, affordable lodging for a family that's more than four. It gets oh, let me so give you, astronomically so more I great, just did incredible. it. I just did the numbers for my family. Because I'm really trying hard. If my kids listen to this, they kind of know it. We're, we're looking for maybe a plan a trip with Christmas. We're, we're talking about it, right? I have enough Hilton points to stay at Disney Springs for free for eight days. Okay? That's so my incredible. lodging wow. is completely free. Well, that's a huge cost, yeah. Okay. And even still... It is cheaper to stay in a Universal Resort hotel and go to Universal for the same day than it is to go to Disney. Same time frame. Wow. So mm -hmm. even with free Disney lodging, by the time I buy tickets and Disney Plus and all of those things together, it will cost more than it will cost to stay on property at Universal for the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and not and not have free hotel. Does that make sense? I and and when I when I look at that, I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to bite the bullet because I want to take my kids to Disney, and so we can do that once. But I, I'll be honest, if I told my kids like, hey, y'all cool with going to Universal? They'd be like, yeah, Velocicoaster, let's go. Harry Potter, yeah. we'll buy another wand, you know, and we'll be you know have more to spend. Yeah. Um, my kids would not lose sleep over an, a, another Universal trip as opposed to Disney, which I think it, that highlights. And I maybe I think it highlights the Disney Disney's dilemma right now. Um, I think I, th I think you're right. And one thing, uh, you know, we've had two other big recessions in the past that Disney's had to deal with. One was after 9-11 in 2021, and the one was, you know, around the 2009-2010 mark. And they did do incredible promotions. And what I was telling you, uh, I think I've talked about here before, when we went in 2010, 
we got an incredible deal to stay at the Floridian. I mean, it was like out of our normal, you know. Again, you would never go there like, normally. It was right. like, but the deal was so incredible because they're trying to get you there. Then they gave us a free dining plan, uh, which was really to keep the restaurants full because insane. they're giving you they're giving insane. you free food, but you're still paying huge amounts because you got gratuities and things like yeah. that. You're still you're paying the, but you're you're paying your server. You're keeping people working and. Uh, the you keep the restaurants going. They were doing a lot of in, incredible incentives. I know they did a lot of things like that, even in twenty twenty in two thousand one, where it's like get pay for four days, you get three days. Disney was doing, but I was. They even made comments already that Chris is it? Who's the C CFO? Is it McCarthy? And she said, "Oh, we'll do some, we'll do some things, but we won't. We probably it probably won't be as big as what we've done in the past." And so you're like, "Whoa, they're not even going to give. They're not even going to provide any help as we go oh, into yeah. this recession. They're not going to cut back like they did. They'll do well, something." They, they that, just raise prices again. They yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like now, the opposite. Yeah, now you have to pay different prices per park. So. You want to go to Magic Kingdom, and now also at Genie Plus, it varies per day. So Genie yeah. Plus, like yesterday, was twenty nine dollars a person, when usually it's fifteen. Yeah. Um, Christine McCarthy, crazy. Christine McCarthy is the CFO, and she's the one who's made a lot of comments like that, where you're like, Shh, <laughs> don't, don't say that. That's just not a. That's not good for morale, you know. Well, there's just there's not even one. The funny thing that you said that does there's not even one dining option. Like even if you just wanted to bite the bullet before you took a Disney trip and said, you know, what, I want to, I just want to prepay for all my meals. You can't even do that now. So there's not even going to be room for a discount until they even bring it back. You know, right. it's just funny. Yeah. So there's a lot of things I think that he'll have to do to kind of build that morale back up. But I think All right. he he's the best person to to figure out how to do some of that. I just want to see. I can't wait to see what it is. So let me. So let me do. Let's do this real quick. This will be fun. <coughs> um, you're the. Let's say they called this weekend and said, David Moffat, we need you. I'll edit out your last name. I'm sorry. I don't think it matters at this point. But <laughs> um, so. Um, People, people know. You know what I'm saying? If you want to know, you can find out. I'll get it out. Anyhow, let's say David. <laughs> you don't even have a. You're the. the uh, you know. You don't even have a last name because you're that famous, and they want you yeah. to. Um, you're like Ronaldo or Messi, but yeah, they sure. say we need you to come in here and fix this thing for us. They called you Friday instead of Bob Iger. Right. What is the first thing you're gonna? What this next week? You're now. You know. Incredibly well. Free passes for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what are the, what are the, give me, give me a list of a few things that you would do right away. Wow. I don't, I mean, if, and in it, my could, dream it world, doesn't have to be, yeah. Okay. Give me a couple of like serious things that you actually think would help. And then give me a couple of things that would be on your wish list that you think would like, would be amazing. I mean, it doesn't have to be like, you could, you could build your villain park if you want, but I, even more practical <laughs> things, you know? Um, I think that, uh, the the first thing I would do is try to figure out how to for people not to feel so monetized and and so burdened in the park and so that it felt a little bit more like we expect it to feel and that and I would want to be able to do that in the in the movie sector and in the park sector but in the parks because that is a that is a loud outspoken group I would do some bold things like 
removing either the reservation system or lowering prices on things like Genie Plus and things like that. So it wasn't so, oh my goodness, this is crazy, you know? I mean, I think those would be those would be really smart things to do, but now whether he can actually do them or wants to do them now that they're in place, I don't know. But if you're not going to do any of that, then I think you've got to come out with a bold, creative vision, like where what they're going to offer and what they're going to do to make the parks worth your while and worth going. And again, for people who uh, who've been a lot, why do I keep? Why would I keep going back? you know, is there, is there more to do or is, do I, am, am I resolving that what it is is what it is for the next 10, 15 years? So those are the things mainly that I would do. I would, I think, I, I think it would be so easy to get rid of, seems like it would be easy to get rid, rid of the reservation. Something should just be automatic to me that if you have a ticket, you have a reservation somehow. I don't understand that no. whole uh, I know that tickets don't have to be used on the days, which I really appreciate. We bought tickets for, Disneyland in the fall, thinking we're going to Disney Expo, and then I had to have eye surgery. We didn't go, and so I'm grateful that I didn't just lose those tickets. Uh, but at the same time, it it just feels like there are things they could do to, uh, like the reservation. That is that is something people complain about all the time. The, the all the park hopping. Like we were talking about yesterday. This our family was talking about the other day. A, a time that John David and I would go to the parks and we park hopped. Every, we went to every park in a day. You, I couldn't. I don't even, can't imagine even pulling that off now. I don't even know how we would do that. And uh, you know there were fun things like that you could do. And again, I, I I do understand this. I do understand financially the purpose of the reservation system. I just disagree that it's for the betterment of the guest experience. I think it's for the. I think it's for theirs. I think they need to get rid of that so the guest experience goes up, and you can move around fluidly through the parks. And they need to figure out how to uh, find their compensation other ways than that. All right. Awesome. JD, anything, what would any, you do? What, what, in your dream world, though, give me a dream. I mean, your CEO. I do you think anything. I would love, I would love to see, I would Dumb love land. to go ahead and go ahead and some, I, I actually, I, again, I've watched this. I think that I, I've watched a lot of people talk about this, but I do think that JPEG probably really, those are probably real things that the, um, that the expansion of Fantasyland to Coco and Encanto were probably real. And that he really probably does have a, we, we know he had to build a park at some point. We just, we just know that they're so far behind already that unless, you know, they really have more than blue sky, it will be incredibly long unless there's a stronger leader to, to move it because they've let everybody go. I mean, that's right. another, I've watched a video about Imagineering and how they have let all the older leaders go because they they can save money. They, they've got it down to a crew that's a lot less expensive. They can let those people go and they can bring in new recruits every couple of years. But what you lose is uh, creativity. And I agree with uh, another vlogger I watched last night that said, you know, one thing that Disney is known for is their theming. And so much of it's been lost. I mean, it's just because the visionaries that were there have all been, you know, let go. It's like why people panic a little bit. Like, what if they put, something just bizarre in the, in, in uh, animal kingdom that doesn't fit that, that theme. That's why I would rather in Kanto, I would rather see South America. I think South America should go into animal kingdom. They could put in Kanto in there. They could put 
uh, Emperor's New Groove in there. There's a lot of things uh, coming up. I mean, projects that they do in the future. They, but I do think it's a great idea to put uh, Mexico in to beyond Frontierland because that makes sense. You, we've gone from, I mean, Liberty Square to Frontierland. It goes from east to west. You go from New York Hudson River Valley to the far as west you can go. So the next only place you can go is south. So to put Mexico, and I would, I do think that adding Encanto back there would be interesting if they could connect it to Adventureland. So if there was an, an, a whole loop that you you could go beyond Adventureland so that, to Encanto, then hit Mexico and come back through Frontierland. So that's what you that would makes do. Sense. You would. I add- think. I think. I think that I would. I think that sounds. I can't imagine a villain's land being a whole park. And that's what a lot of people think that is. It just seems like a, a big area of a park, but I, I I can't imagine a whole land on all villains because we don't even have a, we don't even have a park based on all heroes. I mean, that's fantasy land a little bit, but I mean, we have, you know, they're not everywhere. So right. I do think that I do think it's interesting. A, a comment I heard last night I wanted to say that I thought was really true was uh, WD, WDI today made a comment that there aren't any, there's rarely a very kept, well kept secret at Disney. Something always gets leaked. And so it probably won't be too long before something gets leaked that we'll hear because there were there were vloggers then the ones that I the ones that I watched that seemed to really have inside scoops and people were saying things that like Braden at Mickey Views was saying a storm is coming. People were making all these little comments like that they were getting word that something's getting ready to happen. Something's something's getting and but nobody knew what it was. Hmm. But people on the inside that knew th- were they just stuff seems to get leaked. And so yeah. whether it's, you know, there was a leak a while back that um, Walt Disney World News Today said that Iger, no, I'm sorry, Chapek had greenlit a taking out Country Bear Jamboree and putting in a Toy Story attraction there and taking out Tiki Birds, Tiki Room in, uh, in Adventureland. And, pe- and and people just got so upset when that got reported. So uh, things get leaked and things get stopped and things, you know, so we'll, it, it won't be long before something probably gets announced because people will get, people are going to be on this story for the next m- few months. Like the, like it's the top, you know, news story in the world. So it's going to be fun to see what goes down. <laughs> well, John David, what about you? David gave us like a, like, you know, he, a big yeah. picture view, but are you, are you going to be more of a, like an idea kind of guy like David? Or are you going to be like a, here's what we're doing bullet point guy. So let's see what you got here going on. You know, I think, and I, and I was trying to, honestly, what I was trying to think through is what I would do besides just park stuff. You know, I'm like trying to think like what you could even do as a CEO, definitely with parks. First thing that came to mind, bring back the sell of annual passes for every tier or come out with new tiers, but I think it's crazy that they're not selling. Even even if you want a premium price or whatever you want to do, at least make it an option. Um, right now, all they have is the Pixie Dust Pass, pass which, which is only for Florida residents, and you can't even go weekends. Um, so I just think that's crazy. So I'd bring that back. I'd bring back a couple other things like the Disney dining plan. Boom. I would want there to – I think a great thing for Disney to do that if I had a position I would try and pitch – is try and make the Disney Resort like a, almost like an all-inclusive. Like you've got these magic armbands. If you can make 
this tier option where you can do a premium or you can just do like a, a value where, you know, you, you can, you've got your magic armband, you get set up, you stay at an on property resort, even if it's a gateway, we'll shuttle you to the, to the park, whatever you want to do. But once you get here, you don't have to think about money ever again. You're going to have a free two meals a day. You're going to have a free three snacks a day or something like that. If Disney could figure out how to implement that, I think the morale and I think a lot of people, they would be shocked at how many people would rather pay a premium yeah. price up front yeah. and then not have to worry. See, that's, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's a great idea. You won't feel it. You've already paid for it. Then you're getting yeah. value by eating more. You know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. As, as opposed to like feeling, oh no, if I, I don't want to get that ice cream bar over there because I'm I'm over my budget, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and, and there were people that were thinking that we'd start seeing some of those things like as we go into the recession that they would start saying, if you stay in one of the hotels, you get Genie Plus free. But we, we never got yeah. to see whether that would happen or not, you know? It just, it was, everything was paid for. I do think that there's so many things that are, aren't expensive, like a soda. I mean, they'll, you know, there, if you stay in resorts, you can get the, the, you can buy a $15 mug that you can refill in certain places. Yeah. There are certain things like they could do that, like Dollywood. If you buy a drink at Dollywood and the souvenir cup, you refill it all day. It is not an expensive thing. I mean, soda is is really in, fairly inexpensive, but it has they can make they can charge a lot for it and make more money. But there are things like that that they could do that are huge incentives to a family. Uh, you know, it's just like giving they do give they do give free ice water at least. But there are things <laughs> like that you can do for a family that are huge pluses. And yes, yes I think exactly. I think those things I think those things are necessary. What, what anything else that you Love think it. of? Yeah, those so are great. There's a hu- there's a huge value in freedom of that. Just like all right, you want it, go get it. Um, the other thing I would do more often that I've always been super curious why a huge company like Disney doesn't do more is you know what you've got you've got thirty thousand people coming into the park today. Pick one family and say you know what. We pick one person randomly every day, one family, come eat at Be Our Guest completely on us, you know, and then publicize it, video it, say how it affected their vacation, do more giveaways. Uh, if I was a CEO or someone in, in a high up position in a company like that, I would do tons of, you know, it's one, one millionth of your customer base just doing a quick, all right, free meal free hey are you free tomorrow you can come ride cosmic rewind we'll pay for everything we'll give you a backstage pass just doing a ton of those like on a weekly i think would would be a huge incentive because customers would be like oh gosh like what if we get picked today like what if we get picked so i do a lot lot of those uh and that this is more just from a leader perspective of if i was in a corporate job i'd create more checks and balances i do think that you were talking about how there used to be you know two chief heads and one was a creative and one was the executive financial person even if you don't have that to that extent i think disney or just big corporations could have more checks and balances of hey creative side if you feel like you're being if you're lacking in any way we're we're right at this level i'm not up here and you're not down here you sh- there should be freedom to kind of be equal um so if i was a ceo i would definitely do that especially at the disney company and then the last thing, not parks related, 
um, with Disney Plus. I might honestly, I just feel like there's so much. Every time I look at Disney Plus, and I'm probably biased because there probably are a lot of people who are watching this content, but I'm like, Disney's probably spending a lot of money on, on producing and creating a lot of stuff that I'm like, they need to figure out their target market for Disney Plus um, because they already have a huge vault of, of things and they're bringing back old Disney Channel shows and things that are already free. Um, but it's like, who are you? Because now we talked about they're, they're giving content that is um, like Daredevil and stuff that usually they would put on on Hulu or some of their more adult stuff. But it's like, man, I feel like they're probably wasting a lot of money because they're not sure who they're trying to please with Disney+. Plus. So figuring that out and then cutting out a ton and just saying, all right. I think I think that you've pointed out a good thing because I, I think that even Chapek made comments that animation was for kids. And so when you say things like that and you go, well, he doesn't think anybody really wants to go back and see all those. I would love to see all the old vintage Disney uh, yeah. Disneyland uh, TV show content, not because I necessarily a lot of the a lot of the the shows have been seen, but we we don't we everybody would love to go back and see Walt do all those intros. I think that would be so fun. There's only a few that you can see. I mean, there's a lot of content like that that I think they don't really they don't really value. I have heard people say it's coming, but I think yeah. they're creating things that uh, it's like who do you who who wants this? It's like anytime you start messing with a, a brand and that can be star Wars and Marvel, you know, that has been my one surprise in a lot of the, it's like, you've got a fan base that loves this, but you're going after a fan base that doesn't exist. Thinking if you change it and you make it about this, that they're going to, you're going to bring in more people and you're, you're, it's like, you're, you want to be everything. We need more inclusivity. I, I, totally agree and we don't want to be uh we don't want people shut out but at the same time you've got to market it towards that that fan base that grew that 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 brand or you you you'll make everybody mad you'll never be able to uh make people happy so i think that's a really smart one jd i i think that i would Mm want to uh, do those things and again my my when i when i bring up the the blue sky stuff again it's because that's if, if he doesn't make any changes in some of these crazy things. If everything just keeps going on, then it's got to be, we got to have something. Ooh, I think yeah. they've got to move forward with that, that blue sky because they announced it. They've got to either do something there or animal kingdom. And I would rather see Coco go into magic kingdom than Zootopia <laughs> or Moana go into animal kingdom. I just think there's so, something so much bigger they could do in animal kingdom than an IP. Like yeah. that, I think like an I would vote movie. for a, a a CEO team of JD there and David. That's what I would vote for. <laughs> there you go. There we you can go. work well I, together. And Dustin, everything. And Dustin, we can have a. Oh, I'll, I'll like I'll I'll be like an advisor. Put me on the board. But um, man, I, I, seriously, everything you said, both of you guys said, great ideas, and and big big picture. I love it. Y'all make a great team. Um, but <laughs> there's and everything cool. you said, I think is fantastic. I Let's would add if I yeah I would do this. The first thing I would do if I were elected, you don't get elected, appointed <laughs> CEO of Disney is I would reset the expectations for stockholders. I would just come out, rip the band-aid off day one and said, we're not looking at the next quarter. We're not looking at the next three quarters. 
what we're going to do is look for the next 10 years and reset things. So reset your expectations, tank the price right now if you have to, but we're going to re, we're re, just, if you have day one, you got your, just come out and say, we're looking for the long-term health of the business. We're not looking at make you happy next for the next three months. And, and um, then I would make some bold moves to make that happen. I would get rid of, do even, I, it's some, get rid of park reservations. Just that. It doesn't have to be everything all at once, but get rid of park yeah. reservations. Just a signal to fit. Nobody, no one likes it. No one. No one likes right. it. I can't imagine yeah. even mm-hmm. Disney employees like it. Um, it would be oh, universally no. praised, right? I bet they hate, I, I bet, I bet they despise Genie Plus. You Why know keep something yes. goes into fixing Genie Plus problems yes. that people have? Those mm. kiosks are just packed with people going. We all start reservation. This this is messed up. We got to get this. We we got seven of us, but one of us didn't get in. I mean, I, gone yeah. day one. Just get rid of it. All right. There's a bold park move. But we the other thing I would do is, um, and you alluded to this too when you talked about streaming and Disney Plus, um, JD. And I think you're right. Who is Disney Plus for? Who's your target market? But let's keep in mind, you have ESPN Plus. You have Hulu yeah. that you own 30% of. And you make a bold move there. Here's what I would do. You either buy, buy Netflix. You, or you <laughs> buy out Hulu. Or you right. buy Netflix also. All right? Big move. And you just, there's too much, um, there's too much product differentiation in streaming. I don't think as it is, it's going to work. They have to, it's got to consolidate. It has to consolidate to have all of these consumers paying that are used to paying and have all the content in one place. I think you either buy Netflix or, and, or Netflix, I just looked up its market cap is like, is actually, it's weird. It's $126 billion, which that may not be doable. You have to figure out a partner to finance that because Disney's market cap is $160 billion, which is weirdly barely more than Netflix. Isn't that interesting? Mm, that is With interesting. more property, I, I just think I don't know if Netflix is fairly is fairly is probably overvalued, but um, but that that aside, let's say you don't mess with with Netflix. Here's what I would do, and I would do it right now. Go buy Warner. Go buy Warner. Just go buy it. Harry Potter. It, it, it's its market cap is twenty six billion dollars as of today. That is a doable acquisition if you own Warner. You get all the DC. You own the DC properties completely. Uh, it, this is uh, I'm going to actually would, look up. People, I think people would almost revolt because <laughs> Warner Bros. Warner Bros. is the last thing that's like untouched completely from Disney. You know, that's well, why Netflix, if I'm Disney, Netflix I go get it. Is untouched too. So, but I mean, Netflix productions is very little. I mean, you talk about what is Netflix producing? Just a bunch of independent. Films, right. DC. I mean, Warner Bros. is Harry Potter and DC, which is l- the only competitor really to Disney. So that, that would be crazy. I'd not, can that Rings. even happen? Would, would they yeah, even Lord let Rings. Disney buy Netflix? Would the government let that happen, or would that be? Too I think big I think enough? Netflix is more likely to be allowed than Warner, actually. Yeah, but one hundred percent. But if I were Disney for that price, you get Harry Potter and DC and Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, that'd be crazy. Matrix. Well, I, all those pro- I, and not just that this the other companies they own I would like to I do, I do think that's a very interesting concept but I would hope he would go you know what let's make better content than those people <laughs> well that's well, what they, they let's make it. some great content Warner owns but no here may, maybe if you get Warner you don't have to touch Netflix because you now have HBO 
You now own TBS, TNT, all the Turner broadcast channels is now yours. Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, Cinemax. Um, I'm looking here. CNN. You own CNN. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We got two years to see if some, he buys it. You should, see, we could, you could be the CFO. And it's a, that's the thing. I would, I would, so I would buy, I would make a big play like that, buy something, one more, and, and Iger's known for this. And so I would do that. I would reset expectations, buy something big. And the third thing I would do is work on fixing our brands. Um, and I'm thinking generally, you know, that's the communication thing about what Disney is about, re recapturing the magic. But I look at something like Star Wars, the brand of Star Wars. And actually, I would argue that since Disney has purchased Star Wars, the brand of Star Wars is diminished. Even right. though yeah. we've had some really great, so. even though we've had some great Star Wars things from the Mandalorian to, you know, Rogue One, you know, and or there's some great Star Wars stuff out there. Even even Galaxy's Edge and, and this Galactic Star Cruiser, they, they seem fantastic, but I think there's still a branding problem with that. And I would go back to the drawing board. I would look at Galaxy's Edge first and say, hey, you know what we're going to do? This is tattooing. This is what Star Wars fans want to see. They want to go and they want to see Luke Skywalker. They don't want new uh, generic Star Wars-ish people. They want to they mm -hmm. be immersed in Star Wars. They want to see in your Harry Potter, you want to go to Hogwarts. You don't want to, you know... Well, this is Harry Potter adjacent. No, you want to yeah, live the movies, right? Okay. So you fix think, the brand. I think that's huge. That is that is one thing that Disney has done quite often. It's like, don't no, we want to go into this story, not another timeline. And they could do that. I told again, we bring up Disney Dish, but they had a they had a, a one of their listeners write in and say they should split that into three different areas. There could be. All three of those, I mean, there could be the, 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 the first, there could be a prequel area where you could meet those characters. There could be the main, the originals, sequel, I mean, original three, and there could be the post. And there could be places, for, uh, Rise of Resistance could be the, uh, the new stuff. They could make the uh, uh, Galactic Star Cruiser based on the original guys, put Han Solo in there, and then find another area for the prequels. They could do it. Yeah, and then and then with That'd and then awesome. with the movies in the in the TV shows, and actually the TV shows have been better than the movies. Um, yeah, in, in terms you know, of it, branding, I'll throw this out too: is that when you're in Harry Potter, when you're in the Harry Potter area, that music is playing all the time, so you're even immersed in the music. But they don't even play. Uh, I don't think they play the main Star Star Wars themes because that they're not they don't fit in the land. Yeah, you know, there it's the new music, and so you what you want to hear is dun 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 dun. I don't know if you even hear that. It's like it's like all those things. It's like you you want to get those things back uh, because that's I think that's a good point. Now, but what it, scares me, what scares me in your in your theory about buying all that is there are still a lot of people that think that the parks can't move forward because the debt from the Fox acquisition is. Is so much that if he buys one more thing, we'll never get another attraction because they can't. Well, uh, but again, I, I said reset expectations. We're thinking ten years, not 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 two quarters, David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So think about this. Hey, see, it, hey, actually, I'm. I, I think I'm actually one of the the more and more I the more and more I think about it. As much as I like new things and I'd like to see a new land, I still would rather see things taken care of. Like I could go back to the parks and enjoy them over and over and over and over again, but I do get tired of going to things like Dinosaur, and it doesn't 
it's not right. Things aren't working. Or you go to Carousel of Progress and he looks like the poor animatronic kind of looks like it's about to fall over. It's like fix these things. This you're is you're exactly right. This this is your legacy. That's branding what stuff. You're, yeah, you're saying we don't care about this these things. And and I think I heard the quote Iger Iger quote that keeps coming up when, when referring to Chapek and some of his <laughs> mistakes was uh, the Iger must have said in the book the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And so if yeah. this is the way we do this, this is the way we do everything. And so if you're gonna let if you're gonna let an attraction fall apart, that's the way you'll do it all. You'll let it all fall apart. So I think that that's so, a huge thing of get in there and invest in these properties. And it wouldn't take it doesn't take much to get people to go back and and watch things again. If you just got to do it, you got to do enough to make people think they value it. I still, I still hold to the fact that Hocus Pocus two has done so well on, on streaming. I think that's, that's a great example. They took a, 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 a property that didn't do that well initially. And over 20 years, the fan base just keeps growing and keeps growing. And I think there's so many properties they let slip by and they think there's no value in because they didn't do the, 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 the business that frozen or Moana did at the theater, but they're the ones that have the power to create that fan base by what, how they use those characters and what they do. And, you know, so I, I think there are a lot of things they could do uh, on on that entertainment side that could increase, you know, so much if, joy for people. I think when I when I when I mentioned long, I'm half joking, but when I mentioned long term, I think that if if CNBC and if Disney is looked at as a media company to make Fox a Fox purchase or something like that work, in order for streaming has to work, right? Um, we know entertainment's changing. The movie business is changing. Uh, television is changing. To be the leaders in that, the ones that are standing at the end of the day are the ones with the best content, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and I think Iger actually above anyone else probably knows that's why he's invested so heavily in all of this stuff. And there's still the untapped resources of all that. But I do think 10 years down the road, the, the whoever owns the biggest piece of that pie, um, whoever gets the most eyeballs on their streaming service, whoever gets the most ears on their music, whoever it's all about how people consume content and not necessarily selling them something, but attracting their eyeballs and their ears, right? Consuming their um, attention. That's what you have to do. And, and I do think that looking at a Warner or a Comcast or, um, or somewhere like a Comcast is universal and, and, um, and um, NBC, all the NBC properties. But the more you can you can hoard of that, the more better positioned you are, I think, to make the most cash for the next 10 years, which then I think trickles down to the parks business, right? So um, I don't know. I just think big, bold moves like that are what, what will, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for another, um, you know, DC land in Central Florida at Disney, right. but I am thinking like, could this stuff be better made, right? Could could you even do the Marvel? When Disney took over Marvel, it it changed Marvel forever, and, and for the in the best way possible, right? I mm -hmm. think a lot of us would agree. Um, right, Star yeah. Wars, you know, we got more stuff, but maybe less so, right? 
uh, at least so far. It, I would say it's a mixed bag at very least, mm-hmm. right? Um, we'll see what happens with other Fox properties. You know, um, what what are some they've they've messed with so far that, or have we even got there yet? I don't think there has been oh, any Fox presence so. in the parks. I mean, Pandora is not Fox, and that's is it? They already no. own that, so. No. I tell, this is. Uh, I, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure which. I'm not sure which properties. Uh, I, I'm that actually actually makes me kind of nervous to think like I don't really want more bizarre fringe properties popping into the parks. Not really. Uh, you know, I think they missed the golden golden. Uh, was it? Was it? <laughs> lost my freight. My. The golden Egg? snitch. They lost the golden oh. snitch with Harry Potter by letting that go. That's the one property. Maybe Lord of the Rings, but I don't want to see things that are that are like. That's what's what I think I love about Universal is they can bring in just an, a, an attraction for a a property without building a whole land. I don't. I, it's just a lot stranger at Disney. I think with we've got the Indiana Jones and the Marvel, and we've got. Star Wars. I mean, that should be just plenty of content, plus all the the Disney content to build two more parks. Because one thing I would love, the other thing I would, I think I would quickly do is I would turn the 100th celebration into the biggest thing anybody's ever seen. That would be that would make up for the 50th being such a mess. Uh, I would I would bring in. Uh, I don't know what you can do, but. At this at this late of the, late of the game, but I would try to make that celebration humongous. I mean, it's a hundred yeah. years. I, I have a feel like the we the fiftieth was so messed up. I mean, it was great. I thought there was some great merch. I know there's some great treats, but there really just wasn't a lot of n- nostalgia going in there. And so I think the hundredth they should bring back a celebration of what made it, what got us to this point and. Um, that you know they want to focus more on the the now, but I think that this is the time to to pull people back in and go, you know, remember, you know, the first big three little pigs and Snow White and you know these these Tron and things that just hit at the right time in history to make this company what it is. The creation of Mickey Mouse, all those things. Uh, that again, I was reminded that 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 I would, have you guys watched the documentary on Mickey Mouse um, no, on yet. Disney Plus yet? I did watch it, and it's it it oh. just kind of reminds you that whole. This is this is what how I mean just um, innovative started and uh, you know a hundred you know almost a hundred years later here we are. So um, I just think this is the time that you you can focus on that without. Uh, being exclusive, and I think I think Iger is definitely the guy that can pull that off. But I would make the, besides everything you guys said, which I loved, I think this hundredth celebration needs to be one for the books, and it wasn't going to be. I don't think it was going to be. I think it would have been a very small, but it would have been merchandise. It, it would have just been sell some stuff with a hundred years on it. I think there needs to be some great entertainment, business. great entertainment, great announcements. Um, you know, things like that. I think that's what it's going to take to make make good on this change. I agree, man. We've done <laughs> we've done ninety minutes now. Almost. This is the longest podcast oh, ever. We've, we feel uh, yeah passionately about this subject. What we would do? 
Well, yeah, I the, should have known it. We would go into that. I, I should have been keeping notes so I, I I could write better show notes. I just thought we were going to talk for about twenty minutes. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a big day, man. It's a big day, and I mean, this yeah. is remarkable. Like I I can't I can't understate or overstate that. Excuse me. Enough is that this stuff doesn't usually happen anywhere. Yeah, like that. The board will remove a CEO and in, install the former CEO. Yeah, I've not and seen it, that. I can't remember. You, it, actually, uh, earlier, there's been a couple of, uh, I saw this on the news earlier today, there's been a couple of examples of this happening with founders, right? So, like, Steve Jobs famously comes back to Apple. Uh, Michael Dell comes back to Dell. Like, there's, there's like, been these things, happen, but never with, never like, the, very rarely like this. Charles Schwab, Schwab came back to, to Schwab. Um but this stuff doesn't happen. And when it does happen, it's kind of blockbuster stuff anyway. So this is a little bit unprecedented, um, not completely, but this doesn't happen often generally, especially with a company like business, Disney that is you know, steeped in so much lore and so much mm. history and so much magic and is such a part of all of our lives, whether you like it or not. Um, it's everywhere and it touches everything. Um, this uh, is just a another huge crazy day. thing. Another crazy thing I would love to see bring it when you mention that is if if I were Iger, I would try to I would try to get Eisner to do something. I would try to either get Eisner to host something regularly, like a new show, or he hosts something. But it's like that feeling you get when the presidents are all in the same place, and you got all this. They're they're all different, but just seeing them in the room and they're able to they're able to stand with each other and be civil and do something. I think that could be fun. That's again, I think that's the thing that would, that you have at Disney is you want to see that these, these executives value what the contributions the others have given. And we only really have two major uh, executives like that alive. So I think that would be kind of fun to see them bring him back. And we saw him that we've seen him in Imagineering uh, story. He's, he's done some interviews here and there talking things. So he doesn't seem like he, refuses to talk Disney. So maybe they could pull him in and do something yeah. about, about his era, you know, do, cool. even just spotlight, do something about the Disney Renaissance and let him, let him have him and Katzenberg and that nostalgia era. Let those guys have some, have some fun. That would be maybe we, cool thing. Maybe we could just interview him. Maybe let's just get uh, Michael Eisner on the, the podcast. I think I've got him. In, let me check. I think, yeah, I got it. He's here on my phone. I'll, I'll give him. A, I'll give him. Okay, a yeah, memo. give him a call after this. Yeah, <laughs> guys, it's fun. It's exciting. We're gonna have a lot to talk about in the future. I'm sure as fallout from this continues, and and um, I, if I were him, I'd want to make some statements and want to make some proclamations pretty quickly, and and see if anything changes um, immediately, or if we we are it's a, a slow drip as we move into the holidays. So, but we got some news. It's an it's awesome. There's other stuff to yep. talk about there too. You go. And um, I appreciate y'all's time and jumping on here with me real quick to do this and um, look forward to the next Heck time yeah. we're together. And we would love to know if anybody's listening to this, what are your thoughts? Did you, were you the biggest Bob Chapek fan in the world and would like to tell us why we're wrong? Um, you'd be the only one, but we'd love to know if you're out there. And, um, and or what do you love about Bob Iger? What are your favorite Bob Iger memories? Um, let us know what you think about this move. Is there something we've neglected to bring up? as we talked about this today on the Wild of Disney podcast. But we thank you for your time. As always, leave us a review, um, five stars preferably, and share the episode with somebody. Tell somebody about why I love Disney. Tell somebody why you love Disney, and then tell them about why I love Disney, <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. So until next time, guys, it's been fun. Talk to you soon.
feel. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>